Hello, hello. What is up? Welcome to another episode of Heal Out Loud, the podcast that isn't afraid to talk about hard things and help you find renewed hope by healing out loud. I'm your host, Marissa. I'm a passionate mental health advocate. I'm a trauma-informed teacher, an Enneagram 4, and hopefully your newest friend. It is my hope that this podcast is a place for you to feel less alone through life's greatest challenges and inspires you to bravely embrace your own story and ultimately heal out loud. I just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who took time out of their own very busy lives to listen to my episode, my very first one last week. At this point in time, I have over 130 people who listened to episode one, and that is just honestly... I didn't have really any expectations. I try to leave the bar down on the ground (laughs) so that I'm not disappointed. Hashtag trauma response. But um, yeah, that is above and beyond what I was ever even anticipating or had hopes in my mind. So it just kind of goes to show me personally that like when you follow the nudge that God puts on your heart, he can do more than what you anticipate or what you um, even have in mind. So thank you so much for listening. So last week, I had shared the heart and the idea behind Heal Out Loud and what it means to me and how Healing Out Loud has changed my life. And this week, I'm going to be diving way more in depth into my own story and the the hard things I've endured so far at the age of 33 um, and just kind of the hope that I found on the other side by Healing Out Loud. And just some encouragement for you if you also are finding yourself maybe in a hard place right now or going through something that you just honestly cannot see a way out of, um, I am here to to share with you some really honest, non-cheesy, I hope, I feel it's not cheesy, um, just some hope for the place that you find yourself at right now. So thank you so much for joining me and let's get into it. All right, so this one is going to be a little bit more um, maybe in a serious tone, (laughs) maybe less wit, more wisdom, if you will, Uh, just because of the topic. We're talking about my story, and I definitely don't want to make light of anything that you might relate to in this. So let's just kind of back it all the way up. I would like to give a little disclaimer, I suppose, here at the beginning. Um, It's just that... So for me, if you followed me on social media, is that you know this about me, but words are very healing to me because as a young girl, I very rarely got to speak my mind or felt safe disclosing just the things that I was going through or the feelings I was having. Um, And I decided very early on, I, I don't even remember deciding if I'm being honest, but I just decided to start writing it all down. I have journals upon journals upon journals of letters that I wrote, but never sent people, poems, songs, narratives of events that broke my heart and the details of the moment I fell in love for the first time at 15. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> um, And just all of that, allowing myself and my inner dialogue to come out as just the written observations of people in the world around me, that just really grounds me. I am a daydreamer. I'm a hopeless romantic. Um, and the stories I tell, like like the story I'm going to tell you today, it's, it's not a story at all. It, it's moments in my life that left a mark. And while some marks have healed completely, others left scars. And 
these are just the conclusions that I come to, whether at, in the moment it's based on my fat, based on facts or my feelings. Um, these stories of my life um, remind me of who I am and what I stand for, and what still rings true with my faith in God. Um, at the end of the day, once all of the dust has settled, um, and that you know, it's just my hope that sharing my story will, of course, inspire you to bravely look upon your own. And instead of only seeing everything that's going wrong, which I, just like anyone else, can get stuck in just thinking like everything's horrible, everything's bad. Um, I just hope that instead of just seeing everything that went wrong, once you get through that, when you get once you get past it, you'll be able to see more clearly everything that went right. So along with that disclosure, I just wanted to say that, you know, talking out loud about the situations that have caused me harm helps it all to make a little more sense to me. It has never, ever been my intention to make the other people within my story be the quote unquote bad guys. I truly believe, like I said last time in my other episode one, and you'll probably hear me say it again, is that hurt people hurt people and healed people heal people. I believe the people that have caused me harm are hurt people. Um, I don't know the status of their level of hurt right in this exact moment anymore, but maybe they're not hurt anymore. Maybe they're healed, and I I, I wish that for them. I really do. Um, but being a hurt person who hurts others isn't just a free pass to keep doing so. It is my hope that my podcast will inspire you to potentially like become aware of maybe harmful patterns that you are either in because of other people or scenarios or things that you're contributing to and to just get curious about those things, ask questions, um, just do what you can to get curious and become a healed person who can then ultimately heal others. I believe everyone is deserving of grace and forgiveness. However, not everyone is deserving of being an active role in my life or in your life. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we have to forgive and forget. Even Jesus does not forgive and forget. He remembers and knows every intimate detail of our lives. And the truth of the matter is that some people have left scars on my heart and they have healed over, but unfortunately, a mark still remains. And truthfully, I haven't forgotten. Um, I don't share my story to beat a dead horse I don't want an abusive dad, a divorce, breakups, heartbreak, PTSD, depression. I don't want those things to define who I am. But the hard things I've navigated in life so far at 33, I have learned a lot from. And God has been there with me and given me a boldness and an authority to speak up about the hard things because they matter. And these things have made me wiser and more faithful than if they had never happened at all. Um, also, <laughs> let's just stop for a second and let, okay, whoever said God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers, <laughs> like, what is that? That is, honestly, if you still say that to people, seriously, that is the worst thing you can be saying to someone who is going through the thick of it. And if, just like the good Lord, he... He knows, God knows I did not sign up to be in the military. All right. I didn't. <laughs> I am not built for that. And I'm past the age for the draft, I think. I'm pretty sure. So please leave me alone. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Like, God, 
it's been real. It's been fun, but it hasn't been real fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but I guess if I'm supposed to learn some more lessons in 2023, I hope it's learning about rainbows and butterflies and kittens and flowers and not needing to be molded and shaped some more because also I'm not a piece of pottery. So <laughs> let's just, uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave that there. I've said, I've said enough. Okay, so <laughs> here we go. We're getting into it. I don't know why I'm a little bit nervous. Like, it's <laughs> not my first rodeo. It's not my first time talking about this. But it does feel a little more real to me to be saying it out loud versus just, like, hiding in my room, crying under my covers, and writing it in a phone note at 2 a.m. Like, <laughs> this is this is a little little different. This is a little more uh, – I feel I feel very professional, okay, first of all, with this microphone and my notes and my laptop. And I'm like, okay, like, this is, this is real. Like, it's not just me and my phone notes anymore. It's me speaking out loud um, about these things that I – I'm going through or I've dealt with and been through. So if we'll back up, I grew up in Indiana, um, right outside of Indianapolis, and I grew up in a pretty conservative family. I mean, yeah, I, I was homeschooled most of the time. I went to a private school for a little while, was then homeschooled for quite a while. I went to public high school my junior and senior year, and I was just a kid. I My mom would, like, honestly, she would agree with this. I... She'd always said that she could just trust me because I had great intuition and I was just a, a kid that she could trust. And I hated getting in trouble. I was scared of getting in trouble. I fear I had that like fear just because of how my dad was very uh, much a dictator in the household. But like I had that fear of getting in trouble and I really tried my best to make good choices. And um, my personality, I think, came off much more different than that. Like my friends would say that their parents didn't like me like all the time. My friends were like, my parents don't like you. My mom doesn't like you. And I'm like, why? Like, I think it was just my loud personality. Just my, I don't know. I, I really don't know. So if you're out there listening to this and you were telling me that, like, if you could give me some more details, that would be great because it's something that maybe still keeps me up at night sometimes. Um, but yeah, I just, I had a lot of fun wherever I was going. I was always laughing and having a good time despite the things that were really going on at home. Um, I grew up going to church. We love like me and my, I have two younger sisters and we loved going to youth group, going to church it was just like, you did that every mm -hmm. Sunday, rain, shine, snow, Christmas Eve, Christmas day. Like we were just always at church, but we also loved it. So my parents got kind of lucky with that. We were um, like on board with all of the church, um, going and camp and all of those things. We loved all of that. Um, then I went off my first year after I graduated, I went to Anderson university, which was actually a private college my very first year, freshman year. And that was, I still to this day say that was the, my favorite year of my life. <laughs> And when I think about it, I'm like, there was a lot of drama. Like, there was so much that happened, like, your first year being away from your family, first time, like, living in the same vicinity as all of the boys your heart could hold. Um, and there was a lot of relationship drama, of course. However, I also, like, still have friends from that one year of my life to this day. And 
it just it was so special. It was like this own little bubble. If you've ever been to a private school, it's just like a little little bubble of happiness. However, a lot of things went south <laughs> and I ended up having to transfer to Ball State University where I spent the rest of my time um, and graduated from Ball State um, Teachers College. So that's kind of that. That was really like I skimmed the surface there. Um, after college, I moved back home and I, my parents were going through a divorce. It was my, mm, I was a super senior. So I want to say it was like my senior year that that happened. Um, probably 2010, 2011. Um, I think maybe 2011. Okay. That sounds about right. (laughs) Anywho, that was going on, but that was something that my sisters and I had begged my mom to happen for years at that point. We just always wanted to get away from our dad. More on that later. More on that when I talk in an episode about estranged parents and all of that whole situation because it really is its own ball of wax. Um, But yeah, I moved back home with my mom um, for a year and I was, I had a job. I was a teacher's assistant for a year And then I ended up meeting, not even meeting, a man (laughs) messaged me on Facebook saying that I seemed like a fun person and that I seemed like someone he would like to get to know better. And we proceeded to go on a date. The whole time we were on our first date, he was on his phone. And I think I told my best friend at the time, I was like, I don't even think he liked me. I think that was like a lame date. And then come to find out, he actually really liked me. <laughs> News to me, newsflash. Um, and he was just like trying to sell a bunch of stuff on the Facebook marketplace because he was going into the army. So we just kind of like got to know each other a little bit, but he was leaving in like a week. So it didn't really make sense that he was trying to date. Like looking back now, I'm like, that was really dumb. Really dumb for me to get involved with that. But it was just like this little thing we had going on all of a sudden and then he was leaving and he offered to write me letters while he was at basic training and I was like all right like that's romantic okay here's my hopeless romantic side coming out I'm like a man wants to write me letters like we're in the 1950s 40s I don't know sounded like a dream okay and honestly it was it was so sweet I actually had saved every single letter um in a special box that I'd made anywho so we got to know each other really well through um, the mail through snail mail, which honestly, that is my love language. If you want me to fall in love with you, get my address from my roommate and surprise me and send me a letter in the mail of your undying love. And I would, I would just be beside myself with happiness. So I met this man in 2013, fall 2013. And in December 2013, we became, like, official boyfriend-girlfriend, and he was home from basic training for, like, a two-week time frame, and we spent a lot of time together. And then he went back to AIT in, I want to say in Missouri, maybe. I can't really remember now. But he went away again for a six to eight weeks for more training and then was stationed officially in Hinesville, Georgia for his first duty station. And then, of course, I was driving and flying back and forth there a couple of times. And eventually in April 2014, I think I want to say it was Easter weekend, actually, um, we got engaged, which I kind of had a feeling, a hunch about. Um, 
but it was still pretty, I mean, it was a surprise. Um, it was really nothing to write home about, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Like, I love a grand romantic gesture. And I don't even know at, at that point in my life if I had an idea of what my proposal would be like, but that wasn't it because, <laughs> okay, here's a juicy detail. His friend was there with us and then proceeded to come to dinner with us afterwards. And I was like, I was, that was an ick for me. I was like, we just got engaged and your dumb friend that I don't know, that I met twice and he's rude, <laughs> is here eating dinner with us after we just got engaged. Anyways, <laughs> I look back and I was like, Marissa, you should have known in that moment, but here we are. So after that, we ended up having a pretty quick turnaround for a wedding. And a lot of people ask me about this now. They're like, why did you do that so fast? And to me, I mean, it was kind of a no brainer. And I've, I'm, I still stand beside the fact that I don't think people should have a long engagement. I'm not for a long engagement. I think it just, why drag on, why, why drag it out? Like, let's just get married and move on with our lives. Like to me, I care more about the marriage than I do the wedding. Like I love, I love a good party. I love a reason to wear like my best, fanciest, cutest outfits. I love all of that. Don't get me wrong. Do not hear me wrong there. If there's a man out there listening to this and thinks he might want to marry me someday. I'm not saying I don't want to have a wedding. I'm just saying I care more about the mar marriage part and like the living together and the conjoining of the lives than I care about like, let's have this on this day and we need to have the bachelorette party and then we need to have the engagement part. I'm like, let's just, that is such a waste of time and money and resources. Again, again, this is hindsight. So I would do all of those things if the person that I eventually get engaged to is like really wanting those things. I would 100% do them. I just at the time was like, yeah, I want like I don't want to live with someone before I get married and I still feel strongly about that. I don't want to conjoin my life with someone without that permanent like commitment. So to me, I'm like, well, if you want me to move to Georgia, <laughs> then the time frame of things kind of had to be fast because if I was going to get a teaching job, I kind of needed to be moved there by summer and just like a lot of things. So it made sense to get married over the summer. So we did. I got married on um, July 17th, 2014. And then pretty quickly, I think a month later, I moved to Clarksville. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the military lifestyle. Something about it is kind of romantic and like nostalgic. I don't know if it's just books that I read growing up. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it was. But, you know, I just really, I really love the military lifestyle. I, I love the idea of moving around and making different places home and just getting to find um, like new cities and new spots and new places to eat. Like there's there's something about that that I truly enjoy. And I see that that experience now as being a military spouse and really try to get involved in the military life um, and just connected with people. I just really treasure that time now. Um, and I just got to see so many cool places. And I got to meet so many cool people that I'm, I'm still friends with a couple people um, from that time in my life as well. And I don't think it was a, a wasted experience. And I, I'm i just here for you. If you're a military spouse, I, I mean, that was a long time ago for me now. Um, but yeah, I still, I think about you. And if you're a military wife, wifey friend, I miss you. And I think about you too. So 
wishing, wishing you the best. And I hope that, um, your hubby doesn't have to leave you too, too much <laughs> in 2023. So we lived in Georgia for three years. And as anyone would tell you, the first year of marriage is the hardest, um, I learned a lot about myself that first year and, you know, I changed a lot. I adapted a lot. I had to really think about my life choices <laughs> a lot that first year. And I know like I was away from family. I was away from my friends. I was making new friends. I was in a new place. I had to get a new job. It was like a bunch of newness. However, looking back, I my biggest recommendation to anyone getting married is to move away where you, it's just you and your spouse. And that's all you have to rely on. It really does make you grow stronger. You have to really rely on each other. You have to trust each other. It's just, I mean, I know I was in a different situation just because I barely knew the person I got married to. I mean, I, I knew a lot, but it's just that like, once you're in the throes together <laughs> and you're away, you only have each other to really rely on. Um, and I felt like it just really grew us so much more together. And I just felt like we had a more united, like, front. Not that we had to have a front for any sort of reason, but it just – I felt like it made our marriage stronger by being away and not being at the beck and call of family events or this or that friend or, you know, just staying in those same cycles if you are to stay and live back home. Um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's pros and cons to each. I just would always tell people if they're getting married, I'm like, move away. Just, like, go move somewhere for fun and just have an experience together. You can always move back. Like, just because you move away doesn't mean you can't come back. <laughs> I, I moved here, there, and the other place, and people still love me. Maybe a few less than a couple years ago, but that's fine. We're fine. Everything is fine. The three years in Georgia were such great growing experiences. And then he got orders to go to Clarksville, Tennessee. So we made the move. We bought a house. It was brand new, like newly built. And I know you're not going to believe this, but it was only $189,000. It was three bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms. I mean, I'm only telling you that because it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I just want to log this away as an ancient artifact for whoever finds this 100 years from now, whoever's listening, if you're listening from the future, um, that's how much a house was in 20, um, when was that, 2017? Um, so I'm, I hope you all are doing well if you're in the future listening to this, and I hope your houses aren't costing you a million dollars. And like I shared on my first episode, that's when I kind of started getting into like Pinterest and social media a little bit more and just having that creative outlet. Looking back, knowing what I know now, I did not know myself very well, but that was really the catalyst for being like figuring out who I was. Um, I just, I was able to have like a creative outlet. I started learning a little bit more about the Enneagram and just personalities and the love languages and um, I love the church that we were going to that, you know, he found for us before I, I, there was like an overlap where I was, he moved in in Clarksville and then I came later after I finished school in Georgia. Um, and he had found this church for us and I loved it. And it was just such a great community. We were leading a life group, like everything. I mean, this is how it normally goes, right? Like everything felt 
just like it was supposed to be. We were hosting Thanksgiving. We had visitors come in because we had a guest room like ready and available. And it was just, it was to me just like I was living my best life. I felt like confident and happy in my marriage. I felt like we were doing well, like financially together. Like we were, we had a house, we were doing well. Like we were going on vacations. We were just able, and I'm not saying that to brag. It just, these are the kind of things that I, and like we valued within our marriage. And these are the things that we had worked hard for to be able to do. And then one day in April, 2018, I came home from school. Um, he had not texted me all day, which was kind of, um, abnormal, I would say. Um, hadn't texted me all day and we I usually call him or he called me on his way home just to be like do we need anything from the store or what are we doing for dinner and normally on Friday nights we like to go to Nashville uh, which was about 45 minutes away from where Clarksville is and we would like to go to Nashville on Friday nights on a date sometimes and I figured we would do that so I texted him and I was like hey I haven't heard from you what are you doing he didn't respond I called him on my way home he didn't answer his phone and I get home and he's laying on the couch on his phone. And I was like annoyed, obviously. I was like, what are you doing? Why didn't you answer my phone call? I was like, do you want to go out? Like, do you want to go somewhere in Nashville? You want to go on a date? And I noticed he had like a bag packed by the door. And I was like, oh, do you have to go somewhere? Like I was conf- I was confused. I was just like, what? what is going on right now? He just sits up and he proceeds to give me the silent treatment. We sat in silence for 45 minutes. I sat on the couch next to him. He sat up. We're just sitting there and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm I'm getting nervous. I'm getting flustered. I'm like, I'm feeling like I'm about to panic. Like, I did not know what was happening. And he looks at me and he just goes, I don't want to be with you anymore. I want a divorce. And I kid you not, I didn't see that coming from a million miles away. And I'm not saying our marriage was perfect. I'm not saying there weren't things that we bickered about on the regular. I'm not saying, but to me, from my point of view and what I was experiencing, we had a normal marriage. (laughs) We had a normal marriage that was good and we were friends and we had fun together and it didn't make any sense. Um, And I, it was, it was, I mean, even thinking about it now is kind of getting me like a little flustered just because I'm like, I remember my body right now is remembering how horrible that moment was for me. It was, okay, I have to pause. So that was really the catalyst and beginning of my journey with a counselor and therapy and all of that because I was no longer welcomed in my own home. It had become a war zone. Let's just be real. Let's be honest. I mean, I'm a Sour Patch Kid on a good day. Like, first she's sour, then she's sweet. Like, I just, I have, I have a very, (laughs) I mean, I'm bold on here and I could be bold in my personal life as well. And just, I I tell it how it is, even if you don't want to hear it. And at that time, I was a hurt person and I was out to hurt him in return because of how hurt I was. I'm not even, I'm not going to cover that up. I said and did very hurtful things. Um, and you just genuinely, and, and all of that to say, I ha- I believe that we have to be able to sleep with ourselves at night. Like at the end of the day, you have to be able to sleep with yourself with the choices you make and the decisions you're you're making and the things that you're doing in your life. 
Um, but you also don't know how you're going to respond and react until it's happening to you. Um, and a lot of times I have been very honest. Like I've been angry at God. I've screamed to God. I've also screamed at my ex-husband. I've also said really horrible, ugly, nasty things to him. I've also thrown everything out of his closet <laughs> into a different room and literally everything that he owns and shoved it in one room. Um, so, I mean, I have, I have my side that's, that he could tell about me if he really wanted. Um, and I, I would deserve that and I would own it because I did do things that I'm not proud of. Um, but you genuinely don't know how you're going to respond until you're, you're there. And I was there and I was a hurt person hurting anyone that came in my path. And, um, that's just to say, like, if you're going through something like this, a relationship ending, like, I'm better now in conflict, but back then, like, I just cannot um, continue to have shame for those things because I, I didn't know what I didn't know back then. And now that I know better, I do better. So I just want to say if you're in that moment, too, where you are not knowing better and you're you're just out there lashing out and, and doing things that, like, cause you not to be able to sleep with yourself at night – it's okay. You don't have to have shame and embarrassment over that. Just try better tomorrow. Like just try to have a, a more calm conversation tomorrow. Just try not to throw something tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like we're not promised tomorrow, but if you do get to wake up tomorrow, all you can do is have that awareness that you have now that you didn't have and try better. When you know better, you do better. And if you're listening to this, just learn from my mistakes. Um, but also sometimes they deserve to have all of their, you know what, tossed in a room. But I was so desperate just trying to hang on to my marriage and getting him to stay and not understanding why he was leaving. Um, the, the why behind that is something a lot of people have asked me for years now, and I still don't genuinely know why. He tried to tell me I was unattractive, and I said, try again. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm the prettiest girl in any room that you walk into, but I'm like, okay, try again. Like, that was not the issue in our marriage. So let's try again. And he didn't have anything to say. He just said he didn't want to be married to me anymore and he wanted to be alone. And I'm like, that's not a good reason to ask for divorce. That's a good reason to go to counseling and therapy because maybe you're depressed. And that just wasn't the solution to him. The solution was um, divorce. And my ultimatum was that we had to go to counseling through our church um, for at least, I think it was two months, two or three months um, before I would sign any papers. And during that time when we were going to counseling, he refused to talk. He would not say except maybe like two or three words sometimes. Um, just completely stonewalled me, like would not speak to me, would not even really acknowledge me in our own home. Um, it was just really, really horrible, really, really horrible time. Um, and I'm not saying that, I mean, again, that does not make him seem like a great person. I hope that he's better now. I hope that he's gotten the help that he needs to be a better person for whoever he's married to now. But that was my reality and that was what I was dealing with. And that still affects me like in relationships to this day. <laughs> so I feel like I get to talk about it. Um, so yeah, I ended up continuing counseling after he just said, peace out. He wasn't doing it anymore. There was no changing his mind. He was basically forcing, like I had no other option. I, I genuinely didn't. I was backed into a corner. 
Um, and my counselor, I love him. I love him to death. Pastor Randy, if you're listening, if you're out there, I love you. You're my favorite person <laughs> in my life group. They always knew. They always knew Marissa's going to talk about Pastor Randy. She just loves Pastor Randy. And I do. I love him. I love Pastor Randy with my whole heart. He he talked to me like the dad influence that I never had. And I we just had a really special connection. Um and as a count, he was a counselor. He was not necessarily a therapist, so there was more of that like friendly, you know, conversation that could be had. Um, and he ended up telling me he was like, Marissa, like I'm, I'm giving you permission to sign those papers. Like at this point, like this is emotional neglect. This is abusive. Like this isn't okay. And he's like, I wouldn't tell you that if I was not 100 percent sure that, you know, God, God does not want this for you. You do not deserve this. And you know, I believed him in that moment. I really needed someone to tell me that it was okay to let go because if you know me, you know, I cannot let go. I just see the best in people. I would do absolutely, I'm going to get emotional. I would just do absolutely anything um, to make my relationships better. I would do absolutely anything to keep people in my life, even if they don't deserve to be here in my life. Um, I yeah, I just would do so much for people who have and would never do the same for me. And it makes me <laughs> sorry, it, it makes me emotional just because like I know like I have the faith and the hope that someday someone will. Um so yeah, I mean that was that was such a great day, but also such a hard day to, you know, have that permission to move on, but also move on to what? Like, I had no idea what to do next. So I did end up moving back home with my mom in Indiana, right back where I started before I met the guy. You know, funny how life works out. <laughs> funny how uh, the circle of life really just slaps you right in the face sometimes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was back with my mom. I somehow managed to get a teaching job at the end of August. And I just... I really wanted, and I did, I did cling on to my faith because sometimes that was the only thing I felt like I had. But I also, there's this other side of me that, you know, I wanted to react to everything that was happening. I I didn't want, I and I didn't oftentimes choose the easier route. Like I made life harder for myself by the choices I was making sometimes um, because I was a hurt person. Um, and I I did things that I'm not proud of. I said things that I'm not proud of. I reacted in ways that I'm not proud of. I did things when I was drinking that I'm not proud of. But all of those things also led me to where I am today to, to know, and, and I know better now and I'm doing better now than before. And I'm going to go into, I don't want, I wanted this to just be my story and I'm very tempted to go into all of my um, little tangents and soapboxes about divorce and marriage and all of that. And I think I'm going to save that for next week's episode to like dive deeper into like if you're going through divorce, I have a lot of um, I have a lot to say. And I think things that you would find comforting and hope in. And I want to do a whole episode on like healing and finding hope and unwanted divorce specifically. So I'm going to save. <laughs> There's a lot of things I could say from this episode alone, but I'm going to save it for another one. Um, I just want to continue on with my story just so that I have it all in one place. 
Anyways, I taught in Indiana for a year and it was horrible. (laughs) It was so horrible. Not just because I was dealing with the ramifications of an unwanted divorce and all of that ending. I also had never really, really dated before. Like I had a couple of boyfriends in college that I got out of college and I met my now ex-husband and then I was 28 and had never really dated. So I kind of was dating a little bit in Indiana. It was all horrible first dates. Oh my gosh, my first date (laughs) post-divorce. You guys are going to die. I went on a date and first of all, this guy, he told me he was um, a designer. Okay, he told me he was a designer. And I, he, he was very odd <laughs> because I was like, can we meet somewhere that I'm like more familiar with? And he called me difficult for wanting to meet somewhere that I was like more familiar and comfortable with. Anyways, I don't know why I still agreed to meet up with this man, but we ended up meeting somewhere that I was not familiar with because he wanted it to be halfway between where I lived and where he lived, which was not even that far apart. <laughs> like I think we both – drove like a total of 20 minutes. I don't know. It was so bizarre. But anyway, (laughs) why am I telling you guys this? I don't know. But this is ingrained in my mind, a core memory, if you will. I met him at this restaurant. It was like not dinner. It was like a before dinner time. It was like a four (laughs) o'clock. And we get there and he's like, he's like, so are you actually going to order food? And I was like, probably like if I'm going to sit here for another hour and a half or so, like, I'm probably going to get hungry. And he is like, okay, well, I don't have a lot of money in my bank account. <laughs> like, then why are you on a date? <laughs> and then I proceed to order a side salad. I would never order a salad. Okay, I'm not a salad girly. I'm a order a full burger with fries kind of girl. <laughs> like, I, if there's one thing about me, I'm not afraid to eat. And I ordered a side salad to be polite. And then he proceeds to first of all, be the most boring human on the face of the planet, and two, proceed to tell me a story about how his, uh, someone he knows, a friend perhaps, got shot in the face like a week before, just standing in his driveway. And then proceeds to tell me he's not a designer. He is a cake decorator at Meyer. <laughs> I, I cannot make this up. I can't make it up. Like, I, I just, I didn't, Also know how we went from point A to point B so very quickly in the conversation. And also, like, I am used to being the entertainment. I'm used to that. It it is my lot in life to be the entertainment value in a relationship. I'm I'm fine with that. I do prefer someone who also has a little bit of a personality. But sharing that level of trauma, the, the shooting, I just couldn't get over that. He also didn't even pay for my side salad. Let that sink in. You dumped your trauma on me, sir. You proceeded to make it difficult to meet me halfway, wherever that was. Proceeded to tell me about how your friend got shot in the face in your driveway or something like that over a fur coat. I don't even know. And then you didn't even pay for my $4 side salad. I I needed a drink at that point, but I only had water. The audacity of some men. I tell you what. This is why I am scarred from first dates. (laughs) I went on two first dates last weekend. And you should have heard how proud my friends were of me. They were like, Marissa, 
Marissa, you went on two dates. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, don't get used to it. Like, they're like, how were they? How was it? And I was like, fine. Like, y'all are making a big deal out of nothing and a big hunk of nothing. Ah, <laughs> like, uh, why am I the way that I am? Uh, someone. Sometimes I'm just like, someone needs to put me out of my misery. <laughs> Honestly, anyways, I ended up moving back to Clarksville in 2019 uh, because I just wasn't about to let my ex-husband steal my joy. Like that was me when I did that. That was me reclaiming my joy and my life again, because moving back to Clarksville was really gutsy of me. Um, I didn't I moved and I didn't even have a home. (laughs) I did not even sign a lease. I just felt like a nudge on my heart, like God was like direct me, directing me back there. Um, and I've had so much peace uh, since moving back to Tennessee. I don't worry about running into people that I don't want to see, aka my ex-husband, aka my ex-dad, like I, my ex-grandmother. Like <laughs> there's so many exes back in Indiana. I mean, they say all your exes live in Texas. That is not the case for me. All my exes live in Indiana and I don't want to see them ex-best friend, ex-everything. I just want to put a big X on Indiana on the map, except I won't because my niece lives there. And my sisters and my mom. My other immediate family that um, are still part of my life. <laughs> uh, they're probably listening to this. Hope you're laughing. Haha. Very funny. Um, so yeah, I moved back to Clarksville. I got my job back from when I was first there and things were fine. Obviously, then COVID happened. Nobody was having a good time anymore. I was a very sad, depressed virtual teacher. I was not having a good time. Um, and yeah, it was mis- I was miserable. I say I was not having a good time. I was horribly miserable. That is like the turn of when I was burnt out and have lost the joy for my job if I'm being real honest. Um, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to fight to get that back and we're trying, we're trying. Um, I ended up (laughs) in a relationship, which this is probably, well, this is much more recent. Well, the last three years. So, um, a lot of you would remember when I fell for a Colorado boy, um, and my life was just, on the trajectory again of, you know, getting engaged and getting married and moving again for someone else, um, which I have, (laughs) have I learned my lesson? I don't know. I, I would probably move for someone if I really had to. I don't mind it. Like I already said earlier, like I don't mind the military lifestyle. I don't mind. And he, he was in the military. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that. Um, I don't mind the military lifestyle. It's kind of like, again, like I am, I can appreciate the, the, you know, nostalgia and the, the pride of America. Like (laughs) I I like those things. Fourth of July is my favorite holiday, by the way. Anyways. Um, so yeah, he was in the military. He was in the reserve. So it was not even really the same thing as my ex-husband, but, um, we were just on the fast pace. We just understood each other. We just got each other. It was, it was, the my most favorite relationship I've ever had, the person that I feel out of anyone my whole life has understood me and just gotten me and like spoke so highly to me and just 
some of the most beautiful th- said some of the most beautiful things to me I've ever heard even outside of marriage like you would expect like maybe your husband would say some of the most beautiful things to you you've ever heard nope it was this relationship with this Colorado guy and I believed everything because he'd also had a similar past history and story to mine um and it just we just got each other so well um he took me to try on rings when I was visiting in Colorado and a custom ring was being made and one day it was XOXO love you can't wait to talk to you and two hours later I was on the phone and he was breaking up with me and again again I literally gave him the blueprint on how to hurt me he knew everything about my divorce just like now it's out there for the world so (laughs) um he had the blueprint on how to hurt me and he did it the exact same way that it was already done to me before I don't know if that was intentional. I like to think that it wasn't, but it's hard not to. The The similarities were uncanny. Like, <laughs> didn't talk to me all day except for, like, twice, XOXO, love you, talk to you later, I'm busy today, and then dropped a bomb on me that I never saw coming. Like, I, I have a severe fear of abandonment. That's just my innate personality. It's not something I can change. I've asked my therapist, can I change this? She said no. It's my personality. <laughs> it is who I am at this point. And the fact that, like, that has been self-actualized, like, maybe not even self. Like, to me, it's been realized, I should say, so many times in my life. And to me, so many is three. I feel like that's more than enough for being 33. Three times is more than enough that that has actually happened in my life. Um maybe four if I consider like friends just like piecing out for no good reason like I mean whatever like <laughs> I I mean everyone that leaves your life they could be there for a reason a season or a lifetime and for me when I give my all to someone I mean it for a lifetime like I have no intentions of just dumping a friend I like to have hard conversations if I'm mad at a friend. I like to have hard conversations in my relationships that might be uncomfortable but, like, make us better than before. I like to push through hard things to make relationships better. (laughs) And I've just not been met with the same respect in return. And sometimes that's hard. It's hard to feel like you're willing to try so hard in a relationship with a significant other or even a friendship and they just are like peace out it's it's hard because I I I feel like a lot of people would relate to this like you just want to know that like you're you you mean something to someone you want to know that like you're you are significant in their life I don't just like have friends to have friends like I want to be significant to them I want to be someone that means something to someone (laughs) and I'm like the the rate at which people leave my life I mean it's not that frequent I should say but I just it's interesting to me I just don't get it because I do not operate the same way um so maybe yeah I, I I don't know I'm I'm curious I again I like to get curious about patterns in my life and you know maybe that's something I need to think a little bit more on like well I don't know I try to be a good friend and I feel like the good people that are in my life now are here to stay. Love you, mean it. They know who they are, my friend group. Um, Thank you all for listening. If you're listening this far, it's a long episode. Thank you for still listening. Um, Yeah. Okay. Back on track.
I had that relationship. Then I was very unwell, ended up going to therapy, being diagnosed with severe depression, um, PTSD, maybe complex CP- CPSD, CPTSD, maybe. I'm not sure if I'm getting those letters correct, but um, it was bad. It was re- <laughs> it was I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm laughing because I'm like, golly, like nobody really knows how bad it was. I mean, I didn't do the dishes for like a month. I couldn't. I, and I was also living alone. Um, so that didn't help. I mean, I'm a lot better now, but, um, I did not. And I, I just physically couldn't. It was all I could do to go to work. And actually it was the summer. Partly that the worst part was during the summer. I was going to like my friend's pool. I I would lay at the pool. I couldn't even barely like have a conversation. I would go to the pool, go home and just like cry all day. And I did not know what was wrong with me, but it was the most scared and alone I have ever felt. I know I kind of alluded in episode one that, like, it was almost the most alone I'd ever felt. If you're like, yeah, I might have been depressed, there's no might about it. You just know. Like, if you've ever been depressed, you just know you are depressed because it is – you know people would want to help you. You know someone would want to come and do your dishes for you and clean up your crazy trash room for you. But there's no way you could even begin to explain how alone (laughs) you feel. Like you just feel like nobody cares about you. You know that people do, but you just think that they don't. I, if you have had depression in the past, you know what I'm saying. If you haven't, I'm so glad that you don't know what I'm saying because it, I do still have a fear that it's going to come back someday. Um, again, I'm thankful for people who prayed for me. Um, I felt those prayers more than you even know. And I remember those people who like I shared like that I was going through it and they said that they were praying for me. I felt them and I know the difference in my life is because of the power of prayer. I would not be where I am today without it. I also wouldn't be where I am today without a roommate. Probably I would maybe still be struggling, um, a little bit with that, but Yeah, a whole nother episode dedicated to depression, anxiety, and PTSD also coming your way. So look forward to that one. That'll be a real treat. So that brings us to this past year, I would say 2022 to now. At the end of 2022, the school year, to me, the end of the year is in May. (laughs) because that's the end of the school year. (laughs) So that is how my brain operates. A year is actually from like August to May, and then we have the summer. So that's how it goes for me. Sorry to everyone else who doesn't understand. So in May, I, in 2022, I had to make the decision of what I was doing next, either renew my lease and stay in Clarksville another year and hope I didn't have any really crazy bouts of depression um, and stay at my church there, which I had made a pretty nice life for myself. Um, I had some good friends. I had a good job. I was, you know, doing awesome things at school and yeah, I, I don't know. I just felt led to leave. Um, it just didn't feel like it was serving me anymore. It served its purpose and its time. And I wasn't interested in dating anyone in Clarksville. I actually, whenever I was kind of on the dating apps and doing all of that. It was more in Nashville. So I was like, you know what? My roommate, Sarah, she bought a house and the timing just worked out 
honestly perfectly. And I was like, yeah, I'll be your roommate. If I have to commute to my other school, I'll commute. If I get a job here at a good school in Nashville, then I'll work in Nashville. So it all just kind of the the pieces laid in place. Um, thanks to God, honestly, like it, it honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, it just kind of all happened how it was supposed to happen. And I am, am honestly in such a good place I really am. I'm at a great school. I have great teammates. I love my kiddos. I love the area that I'm teaching in. Like I just genuinely love where I'm at. And I'm I'm kind of still in like not super sure about the whole church um, thing here. I've tried a couple. I've watched a couple online, but I can't say I've found like a new church home and been really plugged in. I'm I'm waiting on that. I'm kind of figuring that out for myself as we get along. It's kind of um, hard to do, but I tried, tried a new place out today, which was fun actually, and really great. And I would like to go back. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, to back up just a little bit, I was in a relationship in the fall, actually. Um, nobody really knew about it except if you knew me, um, offline. So I had a old flame from like my childhood, (laughs) and my past come back into my life in kind of in the summer 2022, kind of in uh, more like in August, where he texted me and we just started texting like literally every day after that fateful day in August. And in October, I kind of poured my heart out and I was like, what are your intentions? What are we doing here? Like, why are we just going to like text each other every day? Is this what we're going to (laughs) do? And like he you know, he listened so patiently and he was so careful with, you know, the things that I was sharing with him and he was very kind. I really don't have anything bad to say um, other than things just, I mean, things were great and then things weren't great. Like I tried my best. Like I genuinely can sit here and say like, I am not heartbroken by the situation. It's sad. I'm really disappointed because I really saw it going the distance. I saw like I could see a future with it. I could see us working hard to get to a good place where we both like finally got what we wanted out of this whole thing that it's been for so long, you know? And I tried my best. I gave very, very best of myself to him. um, And it just wasn't enough. And I'm okay with that who I am, I will always be too much for people who are committed to misunderstanding me or for people who are just not even willing to understand me or like try to have uncomfortable conversations to make a relationship better. Um, that goes for friends that I've lost. That goes for anybody that I've lost in my life. Like I'm confident enough in myself and who I am and what I have to offer and what I have to give in friendships and relationships. Yes, I have insecurities. Yes, I have things that I'm fearful of, but I am confident enough to know that like if I'm too much for you, then go find less. (laughs) Like just that's all I have to say. If it's too much, go find less. Like I, I don't know what to tell you other than that. Like I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I will be someone's double shot of tequila. You know, that's a straight up fact. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what else to say besides like, you're just, I'm not meant for everyone and that's okay. I just, all it takes is one person. All it takes is one relationship to, or one 
man, one friend to just like understand me. And that's all I need. I just need one friend. I just need one relationship that is willing to go the distance. I don't need five situationships to figure it out. I don't need five surface level friends to find a good one. Like I, I just, I, that's, I'm not interested in that. I'm too old for that at this point. Like I'm not going to, again, waste, what is it? Give, um, pearls to swine. Like I'm just not interested in giving the best I have to offer to people who like, I, I want to give my best to the people that I'm not saying don't, who do deserve it because I feel like as a Christian, we should give our best to even those who don't deserve it because they deserve to see the love of God. But as far as my personal life and boundaries in my life with people and relationships, like I'm not going to just give away the best of myself to any floozy on a first date. I'm not going to just give the best of myself away to people that just want to have surface level relationships with me and don't care to go the distance. I'm I'm done oversharing. No more oversharing in 2023, except what am I doing right now? <laughs> All right. This is a podcast. That's what it's meant for. That's why I'm doing this. Okay. As I flip my hair, you couldn't see me do it, but I flipped my hair. Um, so yeah, we're just, we're not in the business of begging to have people back in our life or begging for people to stay. Sorry. No. 2023. What was, what, I, what have I been telling my friends? I'm like, 2023 is too hot for you. <laughs> I have some dumb saying that I'm like, if you can't handle me, then I was too hot for you anyway. It's like, I don't know. I'm just being dumb. I, yeah. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. I think I've said enough um, at this point in the evening, this point in the conversation. As Miley Cyrus has said, I can buy myself flowers. I can write my name in the sand. I can talk to myself for hours. That is what I've been doing at this point. <laughs> Talking to myself, my little microphone, and I have just been having a good old conversation. Uh, but I do want to leave you. I know I've shared a lot about my life, a lot about my story, about my story. Um, and story work is actually something that um, if you've ever been to therapy and do talk therapy, then you would be familiar with story work. And it's it sounds a little cheesy when you put it that way, but actually it was so very eye-opening. So I'm going to leave you with a little something to think about and ponder. Since I spent a lot of time sharing my own story, I think it would be great if you had some tools and a way to think about and maybe share your own story. So I'd like to encourage you this week to write down your story. I've just shared a blip of the radar of mine, but if you could go back, like kind of starting at your childhood all the way to present day, I would encourage you to write down like who are the main characters in your life? Who are those like main people that have played like a positive role or a negative role? What are the things that stand out to you in your childhood, like positive, negative experiences that like made a mark? You know how they're saying like um, core memories. What are what would your core memories be from your childhood? Um, what are some of your core memories of the last, maybe if you're in your 30s, like the last decade, the last 10 years, um, college to now? Um, what parts would be really hard to write down? Like what would you want to avoid logging as a memory in those last couple of years? 
What parts would bring you joy? What would you be excited to write down? What parts will you try and avoid altogether? (laughs) And then the next thing I'm going to ask you to do is get curious about the parts that you didn't want to write down or the things that you're trying to leave out for fear of shame or embarrassment or you just don't like how, you know, that turned out for you in your life or you weren't expecting that to happen and you don't like that it's part of your story. Um, What would happen if you were honest with yourself about how much harm that person or situation caused you? How might your life be different if you stopped carrying the weight of that around and started talking about it with a safe person in your life? What if the hard things didn't have to be hard anymore? What if you healed out loud? Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great week. Until next time.